Hey guys, welcome to the Tales of Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Lee, and I'm so glad that you're here. I created this podcast with the simple desire of wanting women to have a place to share their stories. Our stories are so powerful, and God's fingerprints are evident throughout them all. So each week, I sit down with another woman who is brave enough to share her story with us. We talk all the things with no judgment. While each story is unique to the person telling it, I find that I see myself in all of them, and I'm sure that you will too. Welcome back to episode 25 of Tales of Moxie. This week, I am so excited to introduce you guys to Kara K. James. You guys, she is the real deal of motherhood. She just wrote a book called Mom Up, Thriving with Grace in the Chaos of Motherhood. She's also the executive director and founder of the community of moms called Thrive Moms. She really has a heart for moms who are in the trenches with littles, really going through that period of life where we feel like we're not sure what's going on. We have so much on our plates. We're tired, we're exhausted, and we can't seem to find that abundant life that God is talking to us through Christ about. It's so hard. And to, I'll be totally honest, as I was recording this, it took me three takes just to get this intro because I had little ones coming in in the midst of it, wanting kisses for owies and wanting to talk about the new thing that they have outside. There's so much that we're dealing with as moms, and it's easy. It's so easy to get lost in the middle of it and to forget what our gospel identity is. And I love that Kara Kay brings that to the front of our minds again and makes us think about that, makes us realize that the work that we're doing is high and holy work. We have a high calling on our lives as moms. And it's not something that should be taken lightly. We still need to be able to show up and give our very best. She talks a lot about not just surviving, but thriving. And I hope that you guys hear that in that message. Well, welcome, Kara Kay, to the Tales of Moxie podcast. I am so excited to get to have you on. We have had so many requests to have this interview, and I can't wait to have it. So thank you for making time with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I want to start by kind of acquainting the few listeners that don't know who you are. <laughs> I know that there's very few of them. Um, mm-hmm. Who you are, and maybe if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Sounds good. Um, so like my name is Kara Kate James. I am a mom of four. I have a three-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, and eight-year-old. So I have this like crazy close together grouping. <laughs> my my older three are all girls. Um, and and then I have a little boy. And we he, we adopted him. So we are um, an adoptive family also, which is a huge part of our story and who we are. Um, and my husband is a pastor. He's a creative arts pastor, and we live in North Texas. And yeah, that's our lives, pretty much. Man, girl, four kids all in those age dreams. You are, <laughs> you are in the thick of it. <laughs> yes, very much so. But it's fun. It's crazy, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, so I, I want to kind of talk, obviously, about your book. And, and you wrote Mom Up. Thriving with Grace in the Chaos of Motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a book that I think could relate more to those of us, especially with littles um, that are just in the thick, in the trenches mm-hmm. of motherhood. And so I'm so grateful for that. But I want to kind of know what brought you to the point of this book has to be written. And if you don't mind explaining just a little bit, like in a quick 
you know, blip. What is the concept of mom up? Okay. I get that question. I think more than anything. Um, and I wanted to encourage moms that motherhood is more about more than just, you know, getting by the, in the everyday mundane and the struggles of motherhood. And I think a lot of times, like when a man is struggling or, you know, slipping or something like that, they're always given that challenge, man up. And, and so I, whenever I was writing this book, I, I wanted to give moms a challenge and remind them that the job that they're doing is so important. And it's about more than just being just a mom. I think so many times we get caught in this, well, I'm just a mom. I'm not important. And, you know, we feel like we're just taxi drivers and cooks and, uh, you know, like we, we get caught in just like cleaning up and doing all the things we forget of the calling that we have on our lives because we are raising the next generation of, you know, Christ followers. And we are able to set that standard in our home right now with them. Um, and whenever we put that on ourselves that, oh, this, this mom role is not important. It's not a big deal. We kind of start, our minds kind of start slipping and we forget how important we are and we forget how important this job is. And so I wanted to um, kind of give moms this calling of, okay, I'm going to step into something more. I'm going to do this job that's really important. And, and so I, I kind of kept going back to this like theme of, well, mom up, like, walk in this calling that we have. It's so important. And, and we can do this even when it's really hard, even when we are in the thick of it. And I think a lot of times we, we get the encouragement from moms who have gone before um, and young kids. So you probably get this too, like, oh, just enjoy it. You know, it goes so fast. You, you hear a lot of those things. And then you're like, but I don't, I, it's, I'm struggling right now. This is hard right now. And it's hard for me to enjoy it. I mean, I've gone through seasons that I'm like, I do not like the season that I'm in. I do not like motherhood. And, and so I think sometimes we hear, you know, we read books from moms that are older. And while that is fabulous and encouraging for us to get that wisdom from them, I wanted to come alongside moms and say, I'm right here in this with you. I'm not out of it. And I've forgotten how hard every single day is. I wanted to be able to say, I'm going to take this with you. I don't have it figured out in any way. Um, but here's a little bit of my story, the struggles that I have, and maybe some ways that we can walk together and, you know, ways that we can find grace and we can thrive in the midst of all of this craziness. So yeah, that's kind of where all that came from. <laughs> wow. And I love all of it because one of the, the main themes in your book is like, let's not try to just survive, but let's thrive. And listening to you say that, mm -hmm. that is when I first read that, I, first of all, I felt convicted, but I also thought, how many times do I hear that? I hear that constantly in my circle of friends and all the moms that I know I hear, well, let's just get to bedtime. And you even wrote that in the book, like we're surviving to get to yep. bedtime. And I was, mm -hmm. I, I thought full on, like, that is so true. Yeah, We have this moment in this time with our kids that we're not looking for the abundant life in those moments. And you talked a lot about that. So what kind of role did you find that scripture has played in coming into motherhood? Because I think we, you know, we know and we're told as Christians that we're raising 
you know, the next generation of followers for Christ. But what actually like stung in your heart of saying like, no, this is something that I need scripture and I need to be filled up by Jesus in to actually be able to thrive in. Yeah. I think that I was, I have found myself like deep in survival mode and because everyone was telling me, oh, you know, I had three under three at one point. And so people were telling me, oh, this is, it's just about survival mode. You're just supposed to get by, you get by to bedtime, you get by to this next season, and then you get by. And then when they're like grown, you can get back to your life. And I had this real passion for making a difference in some way um, and pouring into women. And, you know, and so I was hearing this as a mom and I was so discouraged. And so I was going to my Bible and reading and I was like, there's nothing in here that's telling me, oh, okay, well, you're, so it's okay. You're off the hook. You don't have to walk in this, you know, this calling of us as Christians. You, you know, you just raise your kids and then you can get back to this. I I didn't see that anywhere. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, there's something, there's something that we're missing culturally that we are, we're just missing the mark that we're letting moms buy into this lie that we are just unimportant. We're the lowest of the low. But if we can see ourselves as who we are in Christ, and so that was a huge thing for me, was going to scripture and figuring out who I was. Because whenever we become moms, we lose ourselves. So many, so many of us do. I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I did. And so many women that I speak to, you know, I hear, I just don't know who I am anymore when I become a mom. I struggle to, you know, figure that out. Especially if you go from like, I went from being, you know, I was working in the corporate world and I had this job and this career that I was building. And then I decided to become a stay at home mom because I was really struggling. And so my life just shifted so much. And, and so all of a sudden I was this new person and I was having to take care of this tiny human being that I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, and so I, I had to rediscover really who I was in Christ and what that meant for me when I opened his Bible, opened my Bible and discovered when he would tell me who I was. And so that was just a huge defining season for me to really discover who I was in him and what he had to say about me as his child. And, and know that that was for me too. It was not just for my husband or the people that, you know, are, not parents that are in a different season of life. It was for me. And, and that was transforming for me to walk into and know I'm chosen and I am, you know, I'm important. And, you know, I am God's daughter that he built and put in this place specifically for this purpose. And, and that just meant so much to me that I could walk into that and um, find to Know, lead my children in that way too when I begin to know who I was. Mm. And that's so important. We talk a lot on the show about gospel identity and and hearing you talk about that, that's so important because that is, and you even talked about in the book at one point, um, and I'm going to quote it because I, I loved it so much. You said, my identity doesn't rest on what other people think about my kids. And 
I, I loved that when I thought about it in terms of identity and listening to you now talk about it and saying like, okay, even when it was a newborn and you're in the trenches, this was, I'm going to live by who God says I am. Mm-hmm. But then when our kids get older and we're having those moments and those, you know, the temper tantrums and target in those moments where you're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed or I'm feeling shamed or all this stuff. Yes. And you were able to come back to your identity mm-hmm. in Christ, even in those moments. So how have you kind of seen that gospel identity play out all through the years, like as the years have gone on and things like that? Yeah, that, I mean, exactly what you were just saying. I was really struggling with that in my kids throwing a temper tantrum at the store and people are looking, this is, you know, I'm a bad mom. And so I was telling myself that I was failing, you know, when my kids were really little and I was struggling to take a shower and, you know, just do the everyday things. Um, I kind of let my identity get wrapped up in that. Like, well, this is just who I am now. And this is what's going on and it's hard. And, and yes, it was hard and that's okay that it's hard because we all go through seasons that are really hard. I'm in a kind of a hard season right now because my kids are, um, you know, a little bit older, not, they're all, most of my kids are elementary age, but um, we're just in a really emotionally trying season. And so I, you know, I have some different struggles with different kids of mine. And I, a lot of times let myself get wrapped up in, you know, building my identity on them and how they're turning out. Um, If they are, okay, how did they behave today at school? were they okay? You know, did my three-year-old hit a kid in class? Well, that's on me, you know, and we can only go so far. And, um, I think we have to remember that our goal here is not to make them, you know, obey all the rules while that's great and important. You know, that is not the most important thing. And that is not the end goal to make them, you know, walk a straight line and just do everything right to make us look better or to even make them look better um, because I get wrapped up in that. I have a, um, a very strong-willed, um, very stubborn uh, daughter, and I have a lot of struggles with that um, personally because I put that on myself. She is a fabulous kid. She is extremely tender-hearted, and my husband and I always say she is going to like be this advocate or activist or something. Like she is going to grow up and fight for people because she's so, you know, passionate. And, but when you're seven, it's hard to work through those emotions and figure out what all these things mean when you're dealing with all these things. And, and so I get frustrated, like, well, why aren't you doing all these things right? And you're making me look bad and you're making me look like I'm doing something wrong. And I mean, I don't actually tell her that, but I'm, that's what I'm thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like, we put that on ourselves, like, okay, I have to put myself out there as the best mom. And I want everybody to look at me and be like, Oh, you're such a great mom. Like I want to be just like you. And, and so we can just get wrapped up in that instead of focusing on what, what is really important. Yeah. And it's interesting when you were saying that I was thinking um, when I first started having any sort of temper tantrums with my kids, right? I felt like it came out of nowhere. I felt like I had had this really great two-year-old. No, the terrible twos were not a thing for me. But then the threes hit and I was like, 
what happened to my child? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, uh-huh. and I remember thinking like I, exactly what you just said. I thought I was doing everything right. I literally thought in the store mm-hmm. like, oh, no, my two-year-old doesn't do that. But then I had someone tell me and it was it, – I'm it, the best. It, <laughs> yeah, it did. And, um, but then I had someone tell me, there's a difference between what we're responsible to our kids in and what we're responsible for. And the, the difference to me was astounding because I thought I'm responsible to my kids in the fact of pointing them to Jesus and introducing them to Christ and affirming who they are as his child. I am not responsible for, and I know that this might get some pushback, but I'm not responsible for their actions. I am responsible to them to teach them how to be in society and to be social beings, but I'm not the one throwing a tantrum in target. That's not my choice. And I'm the, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what resp- like what I'm actually responsible for. I'm responsible for my own actions and the way that I feel about myself right. and the things that I do. And that made mm-hmm. such a difference to me to be able to say, I'm responsible to them in all the ways that you've talked about in your book of pointing them to Christ and knowing what my calling is. Those are the things I'm responsible to them in, but I'm not responsible for their actual mm-hmm. actions. And that made a big difference difference for me. And I loved reading that part in your book of it actually being like, no, this is not, my worth is not dependent upon their tantrum and target or upon their success in a different area. Like if that's how it is, we rise and fall and the pressure on our children is astounding. I, I want to kind of, um, I shift a little bit because I, I, one of the things that you talked about a lot, and I love this part Mm -hmm. in the book, but you talked about the chapter is actually called step away from the Starbucks. (laughs) Um, and I want to know a little bit about (laughs) what you, you talked about it in regards of we're filling ourselves with all these kind of worldly indulgences instead of finding our Mm -hmm. actual fulfillment in Christ. What does that practically look like? Cause I know when, when you're writing it, you were talking about the Starbucks and things like that. And those are real life things for all of us. So what, what does that practically look like when I was reading that and I'm thinking, okay, Yes, I want, if I, if I, as a listener, I want that. I want to step away from the Starbucks and I want to fill myself in Christ. What does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. That's, it's hard because I think that was one of the hardest things for me to really grasp as a very tired mom. I wanted to run to anything that, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm tired, I wanted to run to anything that would give me that momentary, you know, satisfaction, I guess. And you know, I've talked to, you know, some moms have said there, um, theirs is food, theirs is, you know, TV and, you know, minor, all those things. I want to sit on the couch and I want to eat chocolate and I want to watch Netflix. Um, but there's some times that I am, if I get an hour of quiet and um, it might look like actually having to step away from things that we want in that moment to find that rest in him, whether it's, you know, opening our Bible and reading, or even just turning on, like, sometimes I'll turn on like an audio version of the Bible and just lay and listen and take a minute to just let, you know, scripture be what fills me. And I've always found that when I can um, walk into rest with him, I am a much better mom. I'm a much better wife. I am just better in so many ways because I am not seeking that momentary, momentary, like, um, satisfaction that 
really only leaves me happy for a few minutes. And, and it's not to say that, oh, Starbucks is the worst and chocolate is bad and you shouldn't do any of those things. Like those things are great. I, you know, I love my Starbucks. I love my chocolate. Um, but when we are only running to, you know, okay, I'm exhausted this week. And the only thing that will make me feel better is to go to Target and buy a new outfit. Then we're kind of missing, you know, the things that actually bring us rest. And, and then I, I think there's something in that, that our kids see the way that we rest too. Um, and so we want to pass on those healthy lifestyle habits to them too, because we don't want them to see, oh, I had a really hard day at school. Can we go um, buy me something? Can we go buy me a new toy? Cause that'll make me feel better. Um, you know, and cause I've seen my kids, you know, do and say things like that. Um, I just, I just really need this. I want this. This is going to make me happy. Well, no, it's not going to, it might make you happy for the 45 seconds that you play with it. And then you forget that you even have it. Um, and I watch those, the, the, my kids teach me so much. I watch the, the things and I'm like, oh, right. You know, those things that I thought were bringing me, you know, rest and refreshing, you know, renewal really didn't last very long. Um, but when I can daily get into the scripture and I can, you know, walk with him through those hard times, I find myself feeling more, more and more rested and renewed every day when I am just completely worn out, exhausted. And that's so great because that is exactly like the piece that Jesus talks about where we're as Christians, we're not guaranteed a life free of trials. We're actually guaranteed a life with trials. Um, so yeah. it's, it's important, like, as you're saying mm -hmm. that in those hard times, we're not saying that they're not hard, but you will feel a different sort of peace and relief than you would, as you're saying, from the Starbucks or from, you know, my go-to was always going to Target. If I've had a, as a stay-at-home mom, if I had a really long day or week, just, I mean, honestly, just last week, I had to tell myself, my son has had pneumonia for the last two and a half weeks, and we have been in the house cooped up for about two and a half weeks. And I finally yesterday was like, we're going on a target run. I didn't need anything, <laughs> but I was going and I had to actually tell myself. I'm just going. Yeah. It makes me feel good. <laughs> exactly. And actually tell yeah. myself like, no, this is not. It's I'm so true. <laughs> I was doing exactly what you're talking about where I'm like, no, this is, what am I looking for from this? Mm -hmm. You know, it, but it's hard because we have to actually acknowledge. What yes. I, oh, I do it too. <laughs> yeah. We have to acknowledge mm -hmm. when we're doing that. What am I trying to get from this? And I like that that's something that you make us aware of. Like the yes. first step is just, what am I searching for in this? If I'm looking to be filled up in some way, mm -hmm. then there's a problem. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you've talked about being important in this, and you have even made this a thing in your life, is you've talked about community being important to this. So now you have your gospel identity and you're living in that truth of who God says I am and you're filling yourself with scripture and you're getting your rest and your abundance from him. What role now does community and other moms and other women play in this? So I think that, you know, we can do all those things and we can, you know, start to find our identity and, you know, start to walk more in that abundant life. But a lot of times we try to do it by ourselves. And that is, I think that is the one thing that we miss sometimes of, oh, but I'm, 
you know, I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm, I'm, I'm trying so hard and I'm doing all these things, but, um, and I was talking to a woman just last week and we were talking about this and she was like, I just still, I still feel so empty and I'm just struggling to, to find that real connection with God. And, and I asked her, do you have any people in your life that you're walking through this with like every day in the hard stuff, in the good stuff that you are able to talk to and walk through these seasons with? And she was like, not really. And and I said, well, that's, I think a lot of times that's our struggle is that we, um, whatever our role is. And I've found, you know, I've kind of done both things, the stay at home mom thing, the working mom thing. Um, and I find, you know, if, when we're a stay at home mom, we kind of lock ourselves in our house and it's like, well, it's just easier to like do all this and hide behind my, you know, the walls of my home and not, not let people in to see the mess and I'm struggling. So I don't really want anybody to see that I'm struggling. And, and, and we just think, well, we're, we're the mom. So we're supposed to do this all on our own. We're supposed to have this all figured out. Um, and then, a, and then many times there's, you know, women that are working full time and trying to manage everything. And, and it's like, they just don't find the time. And this is my big struggle is I struggle to find the time um, to truly connect with people because I'm working and I have all these kids and all these things going on. And so like actually fitting relationship can be really challenging. And, but I find that when we actually are able to bring other women alongside us, I mean, that can be 15 people or it can be one person. And when we have someone that we can go to and say, Hey, I had a hard day. Can we just, you know, can we go get coffee and we just chat and we talk about these things. And when you can walk through these things together, um, and I, I call it in the book, I call it being a me too friend. And, um, I think a lot of times, um, my husband is a, he's a big fixer. And so anytime I'm struggling, he's like, okay, what can we, what can I do to fix this? How can I make this better? And I'm like, I don't need you to fix it. I need you to just listen to me. And he's like, well, I'm not your girlfriend, so I'm gonna need you to go talk to them because you're struggling, and I'm gonna fix the problem. And and so you know, I think a lot of times, and even as women, we want to fix. Like you know, when I have a friend that's struggling with something, I'm like, okay, well, let me do this, and let me take your kids, and let me do you know. And I think sometimes we just need to sit down and say, I, I get it. It's hard. I'm I'm right here with you, and. Um, if we can say, instead of just trying to fix all of each other's issues, if we can just say, you know, Hey, me too, it's hard for me. And I want to walk alongside you. Um, I think that can be just so transformative for us to have those people that, um, you know, understand the trials that we're going through. And sometimes it's great to have those people that have gone before us. Um, you know, I have some friends that have older kids and you know I have a friend that has teenage girls and I always tell her well when I'm when I my girls get to that point I'm just gonna send them to live with you for a few years because you will have already figured it out <laughs> and I think it's just so nice for us to have those people that are like ahead of us that can, can encourage us in the season that we're in people that are right there next to us and you know I have a lot of friends that our kids are the same ages and you know whether it's like just a mom you met at school pickup or you know 
from your kid's soccer team or whatever. Those, I think those relationships are so important. And then I also love to pour into women that are, you know, new moms that are coming up behind me because it's, it's so good, I think, for them to see a mom that they think, oh, she's got it all together. She's got to figure out why is it so easy for you? Um, And I have a friend at church that has two young, young kids. And, and she's like, every Sunday, you're always put together. You always like have your hair fixed and you have actual clothes on. She's like, how do you do this? And I'm like, my kids can dress themselves and get themselves ready for church. I'm not trying to nurse one while the other one I'm trying to feed breakfast to. Like, it's totally different, you know, seasons of life. But I think it's so important for us to remind each other in the trenches, okay, this is hard for me. And the season is hard. And these things are hard. But look how good it is too, because we can remind each other, like, I always try to tell my friends, like, I saw your kid do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when my friend, my kids, friends will, I'll find like sweet little notes on their, you know, in their backpack when I'm getting their lunchboxes out, I'll see sweet little notes that their friends wrote to back and forth to each other. And, and I love to just tell their moms, like, I'll take a quick picture. My kids are probably going to be so embarrassed if I like, <laughs> if I told them I did that, but it's like, I love to just share that with their mom. Look how nice your kid is. Because I think sometimes for us, when we can hear from one of our friends, you have a great kid that we don't always see the greatness in our own kids. Sometimes we just see the frustrations and whatever, you know, just we might be walking through with them. But when our, our friends and the, the community around us can tell our kids, Hey, you're a really great kid. And I saw you do this. Um, it's those kind of things that I think can make us be a better, better parent. And we just have to have those um, people around us that can do that for us. Yeah, that is Sony. And I love that you you made it clear what kind of a friend we can be because I think sometimes we get caught up and I, I think you even talked about this in the book, caught up in like our friends and our circle of friends turns into the people that we just vent and complain to everything, everything in our life about. And and to right. be able to be those friends that like you're saying, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna build you up. I'm gonna set a higher standard for our friendship that's going to encourage mm-hmm. and build each other up so that when you walk away from this time, we don't feel worse, we feel better and more, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna help point you to your identity, your real identity as much as we can. So when someone's listening to this and they're thinking, because I have a lot of friends that are stay-at-home moms and when they first became stay-at-home moms, they didn't, they couldn't figure out how to make friends. How do you kind of suggest um, mm-hmm. maybe the acquaintances that they have? Cause you talked about like the friend at soccer practice or something like that. How do you suggest or advise mm-hmm. to make that right. into more of a friendship that you're talking about? Um, I think it takes little baby steps because you definitely don't go from, um, and in my book, I call it refrigerator rights. Um, it was a term I found in the urban dictionary that, um, <laughs> you don't go from like having these refrigerator rights where the people that are, you know, comfortable enough to walk into your house and just go help themselves to, you know, whatever. Um, it takes time to get there and we have to put in the time to get to that point with those friends. And, but it's hard. Like I struggle with this too. Okay. Well, we're at this place right now. We, we met and we're maybe an acquaintance, but I really like this, you know, relationship that we're building and how do we get there? And, um, I struggle with, you know, just only seeing them at whatever event, maybe I met them at 
the Bible study at church and, or the soccer game or, you know, whatever. And, um, I struggle with, well, I'll see them. I'll see you next week. And I think that if we can like bridge the gap between those times and we can, you know, if we have their phone number, just send them a text and say, hey, I was thinking about you today. Um, you know, how can I pray for you or what's going on with you? How's, you know, and remember the things going on with them and then follow up with them. And I mean, it can be simple things like I met a friend recently, my daughter had this like new best friend and, and so I kind of started getting to know her mom and I just adored her. I was like, this is the kind of person that I need in my life. Like I need one of these people for me. And so one day I just texted her and said, Hey, I was thinking about you. I'm running to Starbucks. I'd like, I'd love to bring you something and stop by and chat for 10 minutes. And it's like just those little pockets of time that you can connect with them on a personal level that especially if you can do it, I know it's hard when your kids are really little, but especially if you can do it when the kids aren't running around like crazy. Um, because I kind of use my kids as advice sometimes to get out of things. I, so oh, I do too. <laughs> like, oh, well, I got to, I have this kid here, so I can't focus on you or, you know, I got to run because I have this thing. But if we can actually like remember that we are human beings that need this personal connection with other women um, and we can do it away from our kids, away from our husbands, away from, you know, everything else that we can just, Hey, I have, I have an extra 30 minutes on Friday evening. Let's go get coffee. And, you know, those kind of things I think are so amazing because we're able to actually sit and listen and learn about this person and connect with them. Um, or even, you know, I have a friend that we, we take, we both have big kids that are in elementary, but then we both have a toddler and, so on the days our toddlers aren't at school, we take them to, you know, Chick-fil-A and we shut the boys in the play place and we sit and talk. And, um, you know, it's a great way just to like still let your kids those relationships too um, while you're building relationships with other women. I think that's so important. I love that. And I know that you have built an actual community. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because you've made this a big part of your life and trying to help other women do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband and I, we moved to where we live now um, about almost four years ago and we didn't know anybody. And he's a pastor. And so he, we, moved here for his job at the church that we were um, going to start working at. And, and so it's hard for us. A lot of times I found, um, you know, if there's any, you know, pastors, wives, women in ministry listening, I, a lot of times when we are working in ministry, people kind of have this like weird, Oh, she's too, you know, the pastor's wives don't have time to hang out with us or, um, and so I've struggled with that in the past with, you know, making real connections with, women in the church because they see you as this, like they're, that you're on this like different level than them. And it's not true. Um, we are just normal humans that mess up every day as well and need people. Um, and so my husband and I decided, well, let's invite some, we met several families that had kids around the same ages as ours. And we said, let's just invite them over for dinner because everybody likes food and everybody needs to eat and we could let the kids run and play like crazy and we could maybe sit and talk and and it just began to build like these great relationships between 
us and some other couples in our church. And, and then we ended up starting um, kind of taking that where we had just connected with each other and we kind of steered that and turned it into, you know, like a little small group and we would um, do, we started doing Bible studies and things like that. And so um, being able to just start, I think it's, if we can start somewhere that we are comfortable because sometimes it's hard to like walk into a Bible study at church. It's hard for us as some of the people on staff at church. It, you know, it's hard to walk into a Bible study and be immediately comfortable to open up to people. And, you know, some people are comfortable with that, but most people are not. And so we always love being able to um, build those relationships somewhere. And ours is usually built around um, the grill because we like food. <laughs> and so um, if we can build those relationships with people and a play in an atmosphere that we're comfortable and we can, you know, sit and talk and just spend time and get to know each other's kids and get to know each other. Um, and then we can watch those relationships grow. And I kind I told a little story in my book about this, that um, I think it's in the book. I should read my book again. Um, <laughs> the, um, this, our little community that we built here, um, we, um, our son needed a really hard surgery. Um, it was almost a year ago did it this really we were going to be in the hospital for a while and we just you know it was kind of scary we didn't really know what it was gonna look like and they just our people came around us and you know they helped us in any way they could they watched our kids so we could go to doctor's appointments and they you know they we were on the way home the hospital was like two hours away we were on the way home and they went grocery shopping and filled our fridge because mm -hmm. they knew that we wanted to be with our son and not have to leave to go go get groceries and we had been gone for so long. And so, you know, it's like just being able to build those relationships and we had been able to do that. And one of the girls that filled my fridge had a cancer scare a year or two before that. And so we had walked with them. And so, you know, we walk with each other through these hearts, just grows those relationships. Um, because we, you know, when you get a group of people together, somebody's facing something that's hard or difficult or, you know, not fun, like your son having to have surgery. And so um, just being able to have those people that you can um, lean on during those times makes all the difference in the world that you don't have to walk through challenging times on your own. Yeah. Well, and that is, I mean, that's the way that our, our God has made us, you know, a triune God. And we, we, we often, forget that piece. Mm -hmm. I feel like of how important he has shown us mm -hmm. that relationship and community is like mm -hmm. he is built himself in community. So it's so important. And I love that you've pieced that together for us mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to think like, you know, well, I have my husband or I have my kids and I do my thing. And that is, that is what it is. So to hear you mm -hmm. say like, sometimes that's the missing piece. Sometimes you can know your identity and you can have mm -hmm. your time with God and Jesus. And maybe God's saying you need now those other people. And that's really important. And I do love that you said, right. you know, kind of put yourself out there and be the first one to say, let's go to coffee or let's do something like that, you know, yeah. and realizing that you're vulnerable and that that's a little scary. We, I know that I know, as I'm saying that, like, I can say that, like be the one to send the first mm -hmm. text or whatever, but it's scary. And it is, there's a sense of, you know, of it being vulnerable and afraid of rejection even. And so mm -hmm. 
as we're, you know, we're talking yeah. about that, I think it's important to say, I know it's scary and I know that you'll feel vulnerable, but like you're saying, the blessings on the other side of that are so great. Absolutely. So as we're kind of wrapping up, what would you kind of say, if you could tell these moms right now in the trenches, in the thick of I'm exhausted, I'm having a hard time remembering who I am, why I'm doing this, I want to enjoy my life, but right now I just feel like I'm just surviving. What is one thing that you would tell them right now today to kind of encourage them? I would say just know that you're not alone. And that's, I think that was one of the most challenging when I found myself in some of the hardest, darkest seasons of motherhood. And, you know, I was battling, I had a newborn, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, and I was battling postpartum anxiety, depression, you know, all these, I had a million things that were just beating me down each and every day, telling me that I was not doing a good job. And I was sinking farther and farther into survival mode. And just knowing that I was not alone in my struggle um, was so huge for me. Um, God brought me some people that could walk through that with me and, um, and allowed me the space to voice everything I felt. And um, I think sometimes we were afraid to say the things that are in our heads um, because, oh, this is so wrong. And it's, I am, you know, nobody else feels this way. And, um, I think that we just all need to know that there is someone that has been there or is there, um, or is going to be there. And, um, I shared pretty, you know, openly in my book, some of the things I struggled with. And I, I went back and forth on this. Do, do I share this story? Is that, is that okay? Is, you know, are people going to look at me like, oh man, that girl is like messed up, you know, and, and every time someone comes to me about it and, you know, talks to me about it and they say, just thank you so much for reminding me that we all struggle in some way. And that the good thing is that we are not alone. We're not alone as, you know, in this community of women, we're not alone in this, but we're also not alone because God is here to carry us through it. And he's never going to leave us in this season that is hard and challenging. And because the trenches are so challenging, um, but he's there to walk with us in through it all. And um, I love this. I always have this visual in my mind that um, it's like we're in a battle um, and there's a scripture. I, I always forget where this is. It's in Psalm something. Um, that he, he prepares a banquet for us in the midst of our enemies. And, and I'm terrible about remembering uh, Me specific too. scriptures, but you can, you can Google that. Um, <laughs> and, but he, you know, I love this visual that he prepares a banquet for us in the midst of our enemies. And I always just picture this, like, you know, I, of like everything that's going on in my life, like all the craziness, like all the expectations, all the the struggles, all the battles that are, that I'm facing are just like whirling around me. But God is literally, he's not worried. He doesn't, he's not concerned about any of the craziness going on around me. He's, he has this beautiful banquet table set up and he's like, come sit with me. Just be with me in this. I'm, I'm right here in the middle of this craziness with you. It's not something I'm leaving you to just to see how you handle it. I I'm here to, to not only walk with you through it, but to you know, create beauty for you in it because 
he's going to take us out of it and we're going to look back and remember he did so much in that season and and he can change us when we're when we walk through those walk through the fire and we're refined because he's right there with us Mm, that is so good because I think we forget, we, like you said, we think that the chaos is so chaotic, but it's not chaos to him, which is mm-hmm. just blows our mind, right? Because we can't grasp that fact, but it's so yeah. true. You're right. It's not chaos to him. He is over all of the chaos and he's sitting there in the calm. I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, for going over all of this oh, of and, and for writing your book for all of us moms that are in the thick of it and really yeah. just some sort of encouragement and reminder that we're not alone. Um, and I really encourage everyone to listen. Is there a place that they can find you and find your community and everything that you have going on? Yeah. So, um, you can find me online. I'm on Instagram and Facebook mostly it's at karak.james. Um, and then I also have a community called thrive moms that we just share a ton of encouragement for moms and Bible studies and things like that. And you can um, find us at thrivemoms.com or um, on Instagram and Facebook at Thrive Moms. So cool. We will have to do that. And I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kara Kay. I really appreciated our time today. Thank you. I know you're enjoying this episode. This is Christina Dodson here. And because I know you love talking about the real and the raw stuff, I want to encourage you to check out the Awesome Marriage Podcast for great insights on marriage. Dr. Kim Kimberling hosts the Awesome Marriage Podcast with me. He has been married for over 45 years and has been a marriage counselor for over 35 years. We give real practical marriage advice. We talk about the real and the raw things about marriage and help you right where you are at. Check out the Awesome Marriage Podcast today everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want quotes from each episode or want to find and reach out to the awesome people interviewed, please find us on Instagram under at Tales of Moxie and follow us for all the details and for info on who will be on the show in the weeks to come. As always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at talesofmoxie at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.